Ben Roethlisberger's time as a Pittsburgh Steeler has come to an end. Will the 18-season non-losing streak that lasted the entirety of his tenure as a Steelers quarterback end as well? And if it does, are Steeler fans ready for it? I'm your host, Jeffrey Benedict. Welcome to the cutting room floor. One of the things that gets discussed a lot is the Steelers' non-losing season streak, especially in terms of Mike Tomlin. It's frequently pointed out that that streak started in 2004, the year Ben Roethlisberger became a Pittsburgh Steeler. Well, that streak is now over. That streak is done. The Ben Roethlisberger streak is done. Will the 18-season non-losing record streak also end? It's a good question. Are Steelers going to be able to continue this level of success? On one hand, I'm going to get a lot of negative responses about this streak. The streak has become its own kind of negativity, kind of like the uh, five catches for 50 yards Antonio Brown streak that he had that no one else had had. But people were like, really, five catches for 50, you know, five receptions, 50 yards? That's that's the standard? Like, as long as he gets that, it's okay? Which is a similar reaction to, like, eight and eight is okay? Or I guess now eight, eight and one? Or nine and eight? Is that, is that good enough? Well, it's not where you want to be, obviously. But it's an interesting thing when no one else does it. I recently got posted around there where people look at the uh, the last time teams had a, had a losing record, right? It's all the NFL teams, and about half of them, it's 2021. And by the time you get to 2020 and 2019, you, you've covered the vast majority of the NFL, and there's only a handful of teams that haven't had a losing record in the last three seasons. And the Pittsburgh Steelers, going back to 2003, are by far the longest. By far. In fact... In the AFC North, just looking at the AFC North, and I, I, I post about this on Twitter, the Steelers have an 18-season streak of non-losing records. The rest of the AFC North has a combined one. Browns and Ravens both had a losing record in 2021. The Bengals had one in 2020. 17 years after the Steelers' last losing record in 2003. But is that streak Ben Roethlisberger's streak, or is it Mike Tomlin's streak? Despite the fact that the Steelers haven't had a losing record, Ben Roethlisberger has had a losing record twice as a starting quarterback. Most notably in 2019, where he went 0-2. Right, we will frequently say, oh, in 2019, Mike Tomlin went 8-8 with Devlin Hodges and Mason Rudolph, but that's not true. Mike Tomlin went 8-6 with Mason Rudolph and Devlin Hodges. 8-6. Because the first two games, Ben Roethlisberger, and they lost both those games. Devlin Hodges went 3-3 that season. Mason Rudolph, five and three. 
it on that season, you know, bringing up those two guys, it also bears looking back at some other Steeler quarterbacks, right? Of the Mike Tomlin era. Because if you've got a winning, if you've got a, if you've got a non-losing record with those two quarterbacks, like who, who, what other records do you have? And it's interesting because the only quarterback with a losing record during the Mike Tomlin era that he's had is Byron Leftwich. That's it. Byron Leftwich. You have, and he and Byron Leftwich was at zero and one, right? Byron Leftwich zero and one during the Mike Tomlin era. Landry Jones was three and two as a starter. Charlie Batch was three and three. Michael Vick two and one. Mason Rudolph overall five and four. Five four and one. Thanks, Detroit. If you've got that kind of record with those quarterbacks, you know, and when you add them together, when you add up all of his games together, the Steelers without Ben Roethlisberger as their starting quarterback is are 18-15 and 1 since 2007. That's a 53% win percentage. That's not bad. Right? That's not bad. Ben Roethlisberger's winning percentage was 66%, significantly better. Right? This you win 2 out of 3, that's a lot better than winning 1 out of 2. That's that's a lot better. But even without Ben, and without a starting quarterback, right? Like if you if you are out your starting quarterback, you don't have a starter behind him, right? Steelers don't have multiple starters every year. You have one starting quarterback. When those guys came in, backup quarterbacks, Steelers have a winning record under Mike Tomlin. So is this a Mike Tomlin number? Well, I, I think I think the answer is both. The case of both, that record without the starting quarterback, 53% win percentage is, is pretty good. That's pretty good. Ben Roethlisberger's win percentage, 66%. That, that's pretty good. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's pretty good. But now we're looking to an era where one of those is gone. Ben Roethlisberger is gone. And that brings us to what, what's it going to take to win? Right? What is it going to take for the Pittsburgh Steelers to keep this streak going? I think that's a that's a worthwhile discussion to have. That's a that's a worthwhile question to ask. That's a worthwhile discussion to have. What is it going to take? And how close are we? How far are we from it? When you look at the 2019 season, when the Steelers went 500 including going 8 and 6 with Devlin Hodges and Mason Rudolph. The Steelers had the 31st ranked offense in both uh yards per drive and points per drive. I like per drive stats. Uh I think it's better than per game, right? You you if one team has uh 9 50-yard drives and the other team has you know 11 50-yard drives, one team gained 100 more yards, but the same effectiveness, right? You're all both efficient. A lot of times games will be higher scoring or lower scoring based on the number of drives teams actually have because you 
you have to have possession of the ball to score points, right? You can't just score points without possessing the ball. And if those possessions all take longer, well, that doesn't mean you're less effective because the other team doesn't get a chance to score when you're not scoring. You're still moving the ball. You control the ball. So I go by points per drive, yards per drive, right? So in 2019, in yards per drive and points per drive, the Steelers were 31st in both, second worst. On defense, they were the third best in both categories, 2019. Ended the season 8-8 eight and eight with no Ben Roethlisberger. 2020, they come in, they were 27th in yards, 18th in points per drive on offense. Not good. Bottom half of the league, bottom third of the league. On defense, they were third in yards per drive and second in points per drive. Top three defense again. That team had a phenomenal season. Obviously, did not win a playoff game. Had an awful and horribly embarrassing playoff game after a, you know, falling apart at the end of the season. 2021, they came in. The offense was even worse. 28th in yards, 24th in scoring. The defense dropped from elite to average, 15th in yards per drive, 17th in scoring. And the Steelers still had a winning record and made the playoffs. What is it going to take for this team to have a losing record? I mean, Ben Roethlisberger's play in his final season wasn't exactly good. Right, His passer rating was one of the worst of his career. One of the absolute worst. I think it was around 2008 level, if I'm correct. It was as bad as, as we've seen since 2008. Not counting 2019 where he played six quarters and was hurt. And the Steelers still won with a mid-tier defense. And by the way, couldn't stop the run. I mean, if you drew up a formula for making the playoffs, it wouldn't be have a defense that can't stop the run and also a quarterback who's no longer good. Right? That's not that's not how you draw up a winning season. Poor quarterback play and a defense that can't stop the run. Well, how are you how are you going to win games? With a team that has poor quarterback play and can't stop the run. Like, that doesn't even make sense. And yet the Steelers made the playoffs. Bizarre. Do we count coaching? Do we look at Ben Roethlisberger and say, okay, he was bad overall, but in games where they had a chance to win in spite of how he was playing, he, t- he would turn it around late and win the game. Do we sit there and say that's that's opportunistic? That's a team that shows that it's opportunistic and and can, you know, win the games that it should win. That's that's one thing you have to say about that 2021 team is, at least outside of the Detroit game, which was Mason Rudolph, uh, the Steelers won the games they should have won. They also got blown out by Cincinnati and by Kansas City. The top-tier teams just absolutely stomped the Steelers, but everyone else had real trouble with them.
how do you how do you manufacture this, right? How do you win in the NFL? And that's really where we are is was there something intangible about Ben Roethlisberger? Something that doesn't show up on stats, something that doesn't show up on the film, something in his leadership, something in the team's desire to win for him, the storyline at the end of the season. I'll, I'll say it again. The Steelers, once they announced Ben Roethlisberger's retirement, the team won. The team got him into the playoffs. He played some of the worst football I've ever seen from the man. And we've seen some bad games from Ben Roethlisberger. He couldn't play football anymore. It was almost like the minute he announced he was going to retire, his entire game fell apart. Like he was done. I don't know if he emotionally, you know, disconnected. I don't I don't know if like the moment realizing that, enjoying taking minutes to enjoy his last few games, enjoy the crowd, broke some kind of, you know, mental preparedness he had for other games and, and messed him up. I, I don't know what it was, but he was awful. The minute he said, Yeah, you know what, I'm leaning towards retiring at the end of the season, he couldn't play football anymore even comparatively to his already very much not Ben Roethlisberger-esque play, right? Since he came back from injury, he wasn't the same quarterback. That's that's not an insult. That's just respecting, you know, the game the guy had when he, before that injury. But then it was, after he announced he was going to retire, it was, it, was, it was dreadful. He couldn't play football. And yet the Steelers won. Kind of reminiscent of Jerome Bettis, you know, when he was retiring and the Steelers won for him. Obviously, they didn't have the talent to take that team to a Super Bowl. uh, But they got Ben Roethlisberger to the playoffs. It's an impressive stretch. How can the Steelers deal with this loss of Ben Roethlisberger, the potential ending of this streak? And how can fans deal with it? If it does, in fact, come. The first losing season since 2003. If that, if 2022 is that year, 19 years later, how should we handle it? How will we handle it? We'll talk about that after this break. See you shortly. I'm your host, Jeffrey Benedict. You're listening to The Cutting Room Floor. The Cutting Room Floor is brought to you, as always, by the Behind the Steel Curtain family of podcasts and BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Make sure you're listening to all of our podcasts. One of my favorite, I don't talk about it very often, uh, is Let's Ride with Jeff Hartman. Great show. Great way to start your Monday, Wednesday, Friday he does, he does a great job of capturing, you know, what's going on, give you an overview, give you, keep you up to date, and give you some interesting guests, some interesting commentary, and some good thoughts on the Steelers while you're at it. You've got Dave Schofield's stat geek still coming around. You've got draft focus things. You've got 
new shows on Sunday, you, all over the place, right? I, I give you this show on Tuesday, and then Wednesday night, if you're on YouTube, Thursday on the audio platform, you get the curtain call right now with myself and Michael Beck. There's all kinds of shows covering lots of different topics. Go check them all out. And while you're at it, check out BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, where you can read my articles and other people's articles and get all your Steelers news, insight, information, analysis, opinion, stories. We got it all there. Going back to our show topic, we talked about we talked about some numbers focused on the quarterback, right? And I, and I I think that's the important part of this equation is because we know Mike Tomlin's still here. And Mike Tomlin has a big part in that non-losing record streak with only three of the seasons coming before his tenure as a Steeler and 15 of them since he joined the team. But we also, we also mentioned that's the entirety of Ben Roethlisberger's career. That's now over. Now we get to see if Mike Tallman can do this with other people. Without Ben Roethlisberger. So we start looking at our new quarterback, Mitchell Trubisky. With Mitchell Trubisky, the Steelers obviously got a quarterback who's not Ben Roethlisberger. But he's obviously not Ben Roethlisberger. He's not going to be Ben Roethlisberger that we think of when we think of Ben Roethlisberger. 2008 Ben Roethlisberger. You know, the 2010s Ben Roethlisberger. Up until his loss in 2019 when he lost that season and came back and wasn't the same guy again. When we talk about that Ben Roethlisberger, Mitchell Trubisky is not going to be Ben Roethlisberger. But as we've mentioned, you don't have to be Ben Roethlisberger, that Ben Roethlisberger, to win games. Mike Tomlin has a winning record with backup quarterbacks. And Mike Tomlin has a winning record with post-surgery Ben Roethlisberger when he wasn't as good. They had a winning record. 9-7 and seven is a winning record in 2021 with shell of his former self, Ben Roethlisberger. It was really bad. And a bad and a not good defense. Not a bad defense, but an average defense, which for the Steelers is bad. It's like average NFL defense is a bad defense for the Pittsburgh Steelers. When you compare stats, Mitchell Trubisky obviously can't match Ben Roethlisberger's numbers from earlier in his career. But when you look at Ben Roethlisberger since 2019, the last two years, 2020 and 2021, 2020. He was better for a lot of it than he was in 2021, right? But if you average those two together, you get a quarterback that looks kind of similar to Mitchell Trubisky. Completion percentage, 65%. Mitchell Trubisky, from, from if you take out his rookie season and the, and the year he played in Buffalo, where he was a backup, completion percentage of 653 Touchdown. Ben Roethlisberger threw a touchdown on 4.5% of his passes in 2020 and 2021. From 2018 to 2020, Mitchell Trubisky threw a touchdown on 4.6%. Ben Roethlisberger threw an interception on 1.6% of his passes. Mitchell Trubisky on 2.4. That's a, that's the bigger difference there. Yards per attempt. 
Yards per pass attempt, Ben Roethlisberger, 6.2 yards. Mitchell Trubisky, 6.7. That's his advantage. Ben Roethlisberger had a 90.4 passer rating. Mitchell Trubisky, an 89.8 passer rating. Not that different. Not that different. Now, the Steelers, in the last two years under Ben Roethlisberger, went 21-10. Made the playoffs both years. In those three seasons with Chicago, Mitchell Trubisky went 25-13. and 13. <laughs> I mean, their win percentage is similar. This is, on the surface, statistically speaking, it's not hard to look and say we can get the same level of quarterback play from Mitchell Trubisky that we got from Ben Roethlisberger the last two seasons. Simply because, <laughs> you know, that's a big drop-off for Ben Roethlisberger, right? I don't, I don't think anyone's confused here. That's a big drop from what Ben Roethlisberger used to be to who he was the last two seasons, and yet we went 21-10 and 10 with Ben Roethlisberger. But let's go deeper than that. As the Chicago Bears quarterback, Mitchell Trubisky in 2018 went 11-3, and made the Pro Bowl in his second year as a quarterback. Threw a touchdown on over on 5.5% of his passes, interceptions on 2.8%. Those are good numbers. 66.6% completion percentage. You know, 7.4 yards per attempt. These are good numbers. Those are those are decent, not great Ben Roethlisberger seasons. Ben Roethlisberger had some good seasons right in that numbers. That's like 2018-ish. Ben Roethlisberger had a similar kind of record to 2018 Mitchell Trubisky for pass completions, touchdowns interceptions, all very similar numbers when you go to rate stats. And their team made the playoffs. He went to the Pro Bowl. The other two seasons, you see the numbers go down a bit. Numbers weren't quite as good. Especially in 2019, 2020, his numbers were better. And he was 6-3 and three as a starter, but he didn't play as much. The question here is, to me, is what's the difference? How do we get Mitchell Trubisky at his best, right? And we've talked a bit about this on various shows. Different people have broken it down. But what stands out to me is he was at his best when he was in a rookie quarterback offense. When he was in a more college-friendly style offense where he wasn't making a ton of reads or he wasn't reading the whole field pre making pre-snap judgments adapting to them post-snap when you make the game plan simpler he did better now simpler for the quarterback doesn't mean simpler for the defense to read we've seen if you followed my work last year and even through this season uh, when Matt Canada's offense is working, when it has the people to help it work, when it has a running back that can run the ball, when it has an offensive line that can move, when it has and, and block and actually, you know, succeed 
Matt Canada's offense looks complicated, gives the defense a lot to look at. But for the offense running it, it's simple. That's the goal behind it, is to take a a basic game plan and make it hard for the defense to defend that simple game plan. Get them thinking in multiple directions and then attack them with something simple. We've seen that work. This offseason, I've said it it multiple times, uh, the risk of beating a dead horse here, uh, the Steelers have really invested in that offense with the types of players that they brought in, with the offensive line coach, Pat Meyer, even with Trubisky. And part of the reason Trubisky fits is because, in my opinion, Matt Canada's offense is the right kind of offense for Mitchell Trubisky. It's the right kind of offense to put him in. Where he's not going to be reading the whole field and figuring out, you know, what's the best route to throw and then throwing that in rhythm. That's not him. It's going to be roll out here. One of these two receivers should be open. If not, just run. He's a good scrambler. Most of his runs were off scramblers, were off scrambles. And again, I'll bring it up. Pat Meyer, everywhere he went, almost every single quarterback he dealt with, unless that quarterback was, you know, well past their prime and older, like a Ryan, like a, not Ryan Lee, Philip Rivers for the Chargers. Uh, All the, in their prime, younger type quarterbacks, not towards the end of their career quarterbacks that he coached, had their best rushing seasons with Pat Meyer. So you're talking about an offense that may not use a quarterback as a runner. You know, they weren't they weren't using Sam Darnold and Teddy Bridgewater as on designed runs. But those guys set career highs in rushing with Pat Meyer. This is the kind of offense we're gonna want with Mitchell Trubisky, where you roll out and you're gonna have a couple of options. And if neither of them look particularly good, just take off. Get out of bounds, gain 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 four yards and get out of bounds. Or, you know, make a big run. But not, you know, stand in the pocket, move around, use your pocket awareness. Ben Roethlisberger was phenomenal moving around in the pocket. Mitchell Trubisky, probably not that guy, right? He's not going to suddenly turn into that guy. Ben Roethlisberger was great at, his, at extending plays and finding open receivers late. Well, Mitchell Trubisky may be able to do that some. Not like Ben Roethlisberger did. We can't run that style of offense. You can't run an offense that depends on the quarterback being great to work. And that's the kind of offense we have. That's the kind of offense the Steelers are investing in. And if you can get that level of play from a Mitchell Trubisky, and you can get a run game going with Najee Harris, You can get some play action going. Again, Mitchell Trubisky ran some of the highest rates of RPOs and play action passes of any team in the league when he was in Chicago. They were top five in both. Top three in RPOs, top five in play action passes at the same time. A lot of teams will run high in RPOs, but not run a lot of play action. Other teams will run a lot of play action, but not RPOs. They ran both a ton. If your play action passing is setting up for the run game, if you're hitting, you know, Pat Fryermuth, if you're getting that kind of a thing going, 
and you're making it hard for other teams to deal with your run game, Matt Canada's offense, we've already seen it work in that situation with Ben Roethlisberger at quarterback. Now with a quarterback who fits it with his mobility, can run a bit, could it be even better? It's going to be hard to be worse. As we stated, this, this team hasn't had the best offense the last couple of years. In 2020, 27th in yards per drive, 18th in scoring. In 2021, 28th and 24th in scoring. 28th in yards, 24th in scoring. And if that can improve, if we can be, you know, mid-level, 15, 16 in that range, rankings, instead of 27th, 28th, then then you've got something. Now, now, now you look at the defense, you say, okay, defense, what can you do? Right? And if this defense can go from being 15th, 17th, you know, in, in yards and points per drive, getting back up towards top 10. And that's mostly on the run game. I mean, let's, let's not, let's not get crazy here. Let's not, let's not overthink it. It's, that's mostly the run game. If you can't stop the run, you can't stop people. And the Steelers couldn't stop the run. If they can get that sorted, you can get a top 10 defense and a mid range offense. This team's going back to the playoffs. This team is going back to the playoffs. This 18-year win streak is going to continue. Unless, unless those intangibles, winning games that they probably shouldn't have won, finding ways to to win close, tough-fought games, going 4-2 and two in a division, Beating the Ravens twice, beating the Browns twice last season. like Stuff like that is going to really matter. And unless that's gone, unless that leaves this team along with Ben Roethlisberger, Steelers are a playoff team. And that's really what we're going to see this season. Because if this season the Steelers get five wins, if they go 5-12 and 12 this season, then it was Ben Roethlisberger. If the Steelers go nine and eight, nine, seven, and one, right around where they were last year, you can look at it and say, okay, you know what? Ben Roethlisberger was a big part of it, even when his skills were were completely gone. The team still won, but we're gonna be okay without him. If this team somehow, this offense turns into, you know, a top 12, top 10 offense. And we're going to be able to look at this team and say, wow. Like maybe there's, maybe Ben Roethlisberger in his last years was holding the team back. Maybe that streak is more about Mike Tomlin. Maybe that streak is more about the Steelers' culture and the organization than it is about Ben Roethlisberger. Then, you know, maybe we got something where we got real optimism for the future. But that's what this season means. That's what this season holds. We're going to find this out. We're going to see where the Steelers are going to be. Kind of where they're trending for the rest of Mike Tomlin's career here. And we're going to find it out right now. 2022. NFL season. It's a kind of scary but kind of exciting time. 
I'm ready for it. I'm I am here for the storylines. I'm here for the drama. I'm here for I'm here to find out who this team is and what they're going to be. I'm excited for it. And we're going to get to see. Thank you for tuning in and listening with me. Hope you have a great week. And as always, go Steelers. Mm-hmm.